I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. Okay. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so uh, I've sobered up. There's still some blackouts. And, uh, I worked in Hyman's and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later having a good time, baby. Having a good time, baby. We're having a real good time. We're having a good time, baby. Having a good time, baby. I'll tell you one more time. Oh, yeah. We're having a good time. Yeah. We're having a good time. And, uh... All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay. I'm your host, and I'm here alone. In studio today, and I am pumped. I mean, I feel great. I've been back on the road, and um, and it just feels good to be back on the road. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, it is just amazing. I mean, uh, you know, because after the second lockdown, I thought, oh, man, I'm never going to get to do comedy again. I thought after the first lockdown that I might not ever get to do comedy again, but I definitely thought it after the second one. But you know what? I am doing comedy again, and it feels good. I'm up on stage. I'm telling people jokes. And and, and most of the shows have gone uh, extraordinarily well. And when they haven't gone extraordinarily well, when the audience is weirdly sitting in the audience silent, when when it seems like everybody that doesn't understand my comedy decided to show up for one show, well, you know what I do? I tell them that that's what they're doing. And I say, hey, I don't know what's going on out here, but I'm going to be up here for about 30, 45 more minutes. So get it together. Get into the show. Start laughing and start having a good time because we're having a good time. And if you are out there in the audience and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I'm having a good time or not. Well, I'm going to be there to let you know that you are because I am not playing around with it. I'm not BSing around here. I'm out here making comedy happen. Get into it. Whatever it takes. Have a drink. Smoke a joint. Do some pills. I don't care what you do. Get into the show. (laughs) But all the shows have been great. And I've had a lot of fun. And let's go ahead and do this right here. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where they been? Where we going? Where we been? All right. Where have we been? Where were we? This past week, where was I? San Antonio, Texas. One of my favorite places, honestly. I wish I could see more of San Antonio. It doesn't seem like there's a lot to do in San Antonio. That's what the people that live there tell me. But for some reason, I feel the vibe in San Antonio. I like it. I like the way it feels there. The weather's warm. I was able to sit out outdoors on a on a on a park bench uh, outside of the hotel and have cigars every night, and it feels great. I mean, ah, there's lots of cigar shops. I love the Texas people; they're just a good people. I think someone told me like seventy five percent of of uh, San Antonio is Hispanic, and I got to tell you, I dig the Hispanic Western vibe. I love seeing an old Mexican man with some cowboy boots, a hat, and a bolo tie. 
makes me happy. I love seeing it. And uh, I just, you know, keep, I saw a cop out there guarding, uh, like, uh, I, f- I forget, I went to uh, some kind of uh, old, um, I don't know, distillery, something like that, called The Pearl. It's apparently very popular there, The Pearl. And um, they had a farmer's market out there. I bought some compost. I bought some, uh, bought some pasta. And I bought some black garlic. I'm all about that Texas vibe. But one of the cops out there that was kind of guarding the thing, he had a cowboy hat on. I complimented it on him. I complimented him on it. I'm looking to buy myself a Stetson cowboy hat. Currently, I own two cowboy hats and three pair of cowboy boots. Uh, and I've been wearing them. Ever since I got back from Texas, I've been wearing them. And I've been thinking about getting rid of the boots that I currently have and buying myself some new fancy boots and a new Stetson. That's what I'm thinking about doing. I got to tell you, I've always been to, into the Western vibe. Just never really had the balls to go full on cowboy. But you know what? I'm there. I'm a grown ass man. I'm out here working it. I'm going into uh, what some people fear the most, the danger zones, the scary comedy clubs where we're trapped indoors. I'm not doing comedy at drive-in theaters. I'm doing comedy clubs and it feels good. I feel like there's a song out there by Chris Ledoux. It's always been one of my favorite songs. I'm going to play a little bit of it right here. I'm going to play the first verse and on into the um, first chorus. And then it's on you to do what you want to with the song after that. But I'm going to play a little bit of it right here. Well, that's not it. Uh, I don't know how it's not his number one song right on the Chris Ledoux thing, but that's not it. Here, here we go. You ready? Boom. Maybe it starts weird. Oh, this is it. Well, I was sitting in a coffee shop just having a cup to pass the time. Swapping rodeo stories with this old cowboy friend of mine. When some motorcycle riders started snickering in the back and started poking fun at my friend's hat. Now one old boy said, hey Tex, where'd you park your horse? My friend just pulled his hat down low, but they couldn't be ignored. And one husky fella said, I think I'll just rip that hat right off your head. That's when my friend turned around and this is what he said. You ride a black tornado across the western sky. You rope an old blue norther and milk it till it's dry. Bulldog the Mississippi, pin its ears down flat. Long before you take this cowboy's hat. Oh, man, what a great song, and that's what I'm doing. I'm bulldogging the Mississippi, and the Mississippi is the comedy clubs. I am bulldogging it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm out here, and I feel good. I'm going to be honest. I feel better than ever. My body feels – I slept for about 10 hours last night, and I feel fired up. I mean, I feel good. I feel happy. I've been walking around in my yard barefooted. I've been repotting succulents today. I bought some, I went to a Lowe's with cowboy boots on and I said the clack, 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 clack all the way through the garden center. And I had my, I had my bandana around my neck and 
I feel good. I'm out here bulldogging the Mississippi. And uh, and it feels good. So I'm ready to go full-on cowboy. I'm ready to tip my hat and say, ma'am. And it feels good. I mean, I feel like Texas is keeping the American dream alive out there. I went to uh, my feature was a guy named Barry Lamanac. Uh, Barry featured for me the last time I was in uh, San Antonio. He's from Houston. He used to be on ESPN Radio, and he had his own show there. And when I was in Houston, Barry had me on his radio show. And then when the pandemic first started, Barry had me on a, a, a live stream or some kind of thing that he does on the internet. It's on YouTube, me and Barry. And I had a lot of fun hanging out with Barry. We, he had cigarette uh, cigars with me at least two of the four nights I was there. And um, he took me to, uh, well, we just kind of dug around and tried to discover our own authentic Mexican restaurant. So we found a very Hispanic part of town. We were, I think we were the only white dudes in there and uh, found a good spot. I had some, uh, uh, I don't know what I had, enchiladas, I think. And it was good. I mean, my stomach was cramped up later. That's how good it was. And uh, we had some tortillas with a little bit of butter on it. Tasted like a pancake. It was fresh. And, um, man, was it good. And uh, we had a great time. Barry's a great comic. And Barry is high energy and a little dirtier than I would like. But the, he whips the audience into a bit of a, bit of a frenzy. And uh, he makes it difficult for me to come out on stage and bring that audience into the world I'm trying to create. And, um, and I like that. I'm going to be honest. When I first started headlining, I was a little insecure about headlining because I was like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to have to, I'm already trying to go from 30 to 45 minutes. I don't want to, you know, have to, you know, battle the feature, but now I'm ready. I'm ready for a battle. And, um, you know, I used to struggle to do 45, even though I had the time. I was struggling to figure out how to make that work. But now I'm, I'm doing well over an hour. And if the audience isn't into it, I punish them. I punish them by making them stay longer. I go, you don't want to laugh at this? Well, listen to this. I got a Cracker Barrel joke for you. How about that? You don't like a Q-tip joke? Here's a, here's a joke about the Cracker Barrel. Here's a joke about how I used to work at Jim Bob's Chicken Fingers. I'll hit them with it. Rapid fire. And uh, I don't know why I'm... I don't know why I'm like this today, but I feel really good. Um, maybe it's the boots. Last night I went to an Indian restaurant. We had a, my host for the weekend was a guy named Tanvir. And Tanvir was from India. He said, he told me, I don't know that he uh, wants me to tell his story, but uh, I was very interested by it. He told me that he was born in India and lived there until he was about 21, lived in a big city in India. And then he moved to College Station, Texas, where the Texas A&M school is. And I said, and I was very shocked about that. I was like, wow, you lived for 21 years in a big city in India, and then at 21 you moved to uh, Texas A&M, College Station. I said, how was that? And he said, I hated it. Now, he doesn't hate living in this country. He doesn't hate living in America. But the culture shock of going from where he was at to a small town. Now, he said College Station is a lot like Auburn. Now, Auburn is where I grew up. I grew up in a town called Opelika, right next to Auburn University. So I'm very familiar. So, I mean, I, I think basically the it would be the equivalent of growing up in New York City and then suddenly moving to Auburn. Unless you're just into nature, 
that would be culture shock, and I would hate it too. You go from always having a restaurant open 24 hours a day to down in Auburn, and maybe your only option is a Waffle House. I get it. But Tan, uh, Tanvir then moved to um, San Antonio, where he's been for the last 10 years. Uh, he brought his wife out to the show. I was very happy. He bought me. A, he, he brought a, a pack of Q-tips for me at the last show, and I held it up for the audience because I make jokes about how much I love Q-tips. And I do love Q-tips. They feel good. People that don't get into Q-tips, I just got to wonder, uh, are you doing it right? Do you really understand how good it feels to spin a little Q-tip around in your ear canal? Or maybe you're not sensitive to things. Maybe you, maybe you don't get into how good certain things feel. And that's okay. I understand. Some people, they're not sensual about it, you know. And maybe you shouldn't be sensual with a Q-tip. But I say, hey, let's make everything feel good that can feel good. And, uh, and, and, and why not? Uh, this, is the, this is the time for it. This is the time for finding the things that feel good to you and, and, and feel it. But Tanvir, uh, I was talking, I said to, to him that my wife told me that her favorite food is Indian food, but we couldn't find any good Indian restaurants in Nashville. Not that we've been looking that hard, but we couldn't find any. And Tanvir said, hey, I have a great spot. He said, I once flew to Nashville just to go to this place. And so, it, I, you know, I, I would be afraid to even try to say the name of it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to butcher it, and then I'll spell it for you. But it's the Ch- Chian. That's so bad. That's so bad. It doesn't even, like, even I'm looking at the word and going, that's not it. Ch- Ch- Chion Ale and Masala House, right? And that is C-H-A-U-H-A-N Ale and Masala House. We went there last night, spent quite a bit of money, more money than I like to spend in a restaurant, but we don't go out to eat a lot, so it was a real treat. And it was delicious. The lady was on Chopped, which is a show we watch sometimes, the lady who owns that. It was really good. I had a steak, and it was one of the best steaks I ever had. I mean... I've lived in the South my whole life, and I went to an Indian restaurant to have one of the best steaks I've ever had, but it was delicious. And so that's where I was at, San Antonio. I did six shows. What a great club. It's a really great club with it, with an incredible staff. I mean, that staff is so nice. They really enjoyed my comedy. The, the management is very nice, and I, I had uh, great people show up. The people who came to see me there that came and talked to me after, whether you bought anything or not, I appreciate you coming over and talking to me. Uh, I appreciate that. That's one of my favorite things about comedy is being able to meet people after the show. And I'm not just making that up. That sounds like some hack thing that somebody says, oh, I just love the fans. Oh, I don't care about comedy. I have no ego. It's not about people clapping and cheering for me. I just love the fans, right? That's not what I'm saying. My favorite thing about comedy is going up on stage and telling jokes and people laughing at that jokes. That's my favorite thing. Uh, maybe my second favorite thing is that I get paid to do my favorite thing. Uh, but the third thing is meeting people. I love meeting people. I love people to come up after the show and go, man, I really enjoyed that. We found you on TikTok. Thanks for having a good show. Or I, 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 sometimes my favorite people are the, go, the people that go, hey, no offense, man, but I had never heard of you. Um, but um, you were really good. I love when people say that. You know what? Because... I'm not famous. I don't know if that's 
going to be shocking to someone maybe listening to the podcast right now because I oftentimes will say that I'm very famous, but I, I'm not famous. I mean, I know a lot of people that I grew up with probably think I'm famous because I was on The Tonight Show. And, you know, maybe famous is relative. I mean, maybe I am famous. I just don't know it, right? But uh, I don't do comedy because I'm famous. I do comedy because I think I'm really funny. And I want to tell jokes to people, and I want to make them laugh. The ego, for me, is not in that I'm really funny. I'm not like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm super funny. I don't even want to be the best. I just want to be funny. I want to be the kind of comic that every time you come to see me, you leave going, man, that shit was funny. I don't know why I just cussed right there, but sorry about that. But uh, that's, what, that's, what I, that's what I'm trying to accomplish, so... San Antonio made me feel great, and I just, I had a good time, and uh, I feel good, um, and uh, I don't know what else to say about that. I went on an airplane. I went on four airplanes. Oh, actually, this is great. I got a couple of things to say about this. I took some notes. I'm trying to get a little better about taking notes so I have things to talk about. Um, okay, so... Um, and by the way, Tanvir said he loves it here. He said he loves that, uh, uh, the value on life here in, in the country. And he's, he seems very happy now and, uh, he's a very nice guy. And, um, I wrote some things down. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know why I thought I would talk about that. I get, I get to thinking about things and, um, Oh, here's the first thing. Now, I get upgraded. I've flown, I fly American Airlines. And I've, since I started flying for comedy, I got a credit card for American Airlines. And everything that I buy now, I put on that credit card. I pay it off every month. That's what you should always do. If you have credit cards, don't treat it like it, it's money. It's just, it's, treat it like your debit card. And you have to pay it off every month. I don't know who needs to hear that right now. But when you make payments on a credit card, that's where they're getting you. That's where the money, that's where they, they start taking money from you. If you just pay off the balance every time, then you don't pay interest. Now, most people listening are probably like, yeah, of course, dude. But there is somebody that doesn't know. And I'm just telling you, that's what I do. I just put everything on that card. And so I get upgraded like every flight now. But I get upgraded, I'm usually wearing some kind of weird looking t-shirt, jeans, and a trucker hat. Right, So oftentimes people don't think I belong in first class or they wonder why I'm there. Or I've even had other flight attendants that'll go and look me up because they're like, what's that guy doing up here? And then they'll go, oh, he's a very famous comedian. And then, you know, we'll have a good time. But the, um, this flight attendant uh, was a guy. I went to the back, you know, and if, and if you've been on a plane, uh, uh, any of the slightly larger planes – uh, there'll be a bathroom in the front, and that's typically where the first-class people go. And then there'll be a bathroom in the back, and that's where everybody else goes. Now, that's not a hard and fast rule, but it's kind of the understanding, right? So I went, and then there'll be a little curtain, like a little mosquito net to divide first-class and uh, coach, as they used to call it. Now they call it business class. And uh, there's not much difference. It's not so fancy up front where on the planes I'm on. But the seats are bigger. Uh, you get treated a little better. Um, and, you know, you get off the plane first, which is what I want the most. When that plane lands and they finally 
cart us up to the dock and hook that little, uh, what do you call it, like a, um, I don't know, what's that instrument that stretches apart? Whatever that is. They hook that thing up to the plane, and then we get off. I'm trying to get off quick, especially now in the masked world that we're living in. I'm trying to get off that plane so I can take that mask off and be in an airport full of people with masks on and walk around proud. And uh, so I go up. So remember, the curtain's there dividing first class and, and, and business class. And I go up to the bathroom in the front. And when I'm done with the bathroom, the, the, the male flight attendant says to me, hey, will you close that curtain uh, when, you go, when you go by there? And then the other flight attendant who had been waiting on me, she goes, oh, no, I'll get it. And then he goes, oh, well, he's got to pass right through it anyway. And I was very insulted. Uh, not actually. I wasn't very insulted. I just thought it was hilarious. I was like, what a judgmental jackass. Um, so, and, uh, and then they took care of it. I mean, I didn't mind closing the curtain. I don't mind closing the curtain, but I didn't like the insinuation that I wasn't in first class. It's like, take it easy, buddy. Your plane's not that fancy. All right. So, and I've been upgraded on every flight. Almost since May, I think every flight I've been on, I got upgraded to first class. I never have ever booked a first class flight, but I keep getting upgraded because I'm very high status. I'm the highest status you can get with American Airlines, and that's just because of the last two years I've flown almost every weekend, and I rack up points on my card by using it everywhere I go. So I just got on my flight from, San, from Dallas to San Antonio, and I didn't get upgraded, and I was pretty disappointed by it and I, I it's amazing how fast you can become spoiled with anything because I still got my aisle seat like I like but I I've been upgraded every time and I, I was like finally not upgraded and I was like oh man I hate being back here right it's like how fast did that happen like you go from trailer park to first class in no time and you're like oh I never want to go back right I mean it's I don't know what's wrong with me but I was sitting on the seat, and there was a guy. Uh, he was a, uh, I think he was a Puerto Rican guy. He had a Puerto Rican flag on his, on his shirt, and he had gone to the 7. They were very nice people, I'm going to say that. But he had gone to the 7-Eleven inside the Dallas airport and bought a hamburger and some chicken wings. And he was eating. And then his girl, he was at the window seat. I was at the aisle seat. And then his girlfriend was at the other window seat. And so when someone came to sit down in the middle, he asked would they switch with her. So they did. And she sat down next to me. Oh, man, and she was chatty. Oh, she was chatting me up. She was like, just 90 miles an hour. What's going on? What are you up to? And then uh, I couldn't tell if she was flirting with me at times, but I was pretty sure the guy next to her was her boyfriend. And she was like, oh, this plane can get a lot more exciting if you want. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, I brought some liquor. I know I'm not supposed to, but I got some little Bacardi shots. And then she found out, she asked me what I was going to San Antonio for, I said, work, and then I'm not good at lying, so she was like, what do you do, and I said, oh, I do comedy, and then, oh, man, then it was, oh, the, oh, when, and when she goes, I hope you weren't planning on sleeping on the way, uh, and I wasn't, I never sleep on a plane, but what I do plan on doing when I'm on a plane is not talking to people, I'd love to talk to people, I, I really do, I love talking to people, but I hate talking to people on airplanes. I do because I can't hear that well. I feel like I got to yell. I'm just not that comfortable on a plane. I'm not trying to chat people up. And also my favorite way to talk to people is uh, in a situation where I can immediately escape the conversation if I want to. 
And so we're sitting there, we're talking. And then all of a sudden, the plane has not taken off yet. And she had just said this thing to me, I hope you didn't plan on sleeping. And all of a sudden, someone from the airline comes up to me and they say, hey, what's your last name? And I said, Slay. And they go, oh, you've been upgraded. And they handed me a ticket and I got to go to first class. And right before I get up from my seat, the girl says to me, she goes, what'd you do, hit the panic button? And it was incredible. I got to move to first class where no one was talking to me again. The great thing about looking like me in first class is no one wants to talk to me, right? And that's what I love. I'm all about it. So that was my stories. And then I want to talk a little bit about uh, escalators and moving sidewalks. When you're on an escalator, like people that get on the moving sidewalk and then just stand there like it's a ride drive me crazy. Like they're like, yeah, I want to go the same speed as walking, but I'm just tired of walking. It's like, get on that thing and you move to the right, move all the way to the right so that I can get on that moving sidewalk and walk as fast as I can and move like lightning. That's what I love doing. I move so fast on a moving elevator or a moving sidewalk and also the escalator. Do the same thing. If you're too lazy to lift one leg onto a larger step and then lift yourself up and then repeat they just move to the right. Don't block the whole escalator. Some of us are trying to move. We don't even got anywhere to go necessarily that fast, but we're just trying to move. And I don't want to take the stairs all the way up. The escalator still saves me some steps, but move to the right. You know what I mean? Do it. Do it. I also heard this song. Uh, I had added this song, apparently, to my playlist, but I have ne not heard it. I don't know why I added it. But I'm going to play a little bit of this for you right now. Well, I started on the whiskey pretty early this morning that's all right i was up all night but i passed out before the sun came up i really wanted to see one of those i know that's no way for a man to behave with a mortgage due and a baby on the way but somehow i made it to where i'm at it's been a living as a matter of fact i get a bad attitude being tired and running around Never ask for anyone to say they like my sound I've never been a part of any musical scenes I ain't just talking Nashville If you know what I mean They don't write about me In their magazines I don't ask for new reviews on the songs that I sing I've never had a lot of friends And I'm alright by that People keep on coming back Raising hell With the hippies and the cowboys They don't care about no trends They don't care about songs that sell Yeah, tomorrow 
right, that song is so good. It's by Cody Jinks called Hippies and Cowboys. I just love it. I love these badass songs like this. I mean, I just, people I grew up around, they don't care about no pandemic. And I <laughs> I just love it. I mean, this badass shit out here. I mean, I don't know why I'm cussing so much today. I'm just fired up. I feel good. And I'm just pumped up. I mean... I'm I'm feeling the cowboy vibe. I mean, I'm always into country music, but I'm feeling the cowboy vibe right now. And uh, uh, I just, um, oh man, I'm just feeling it. I also want to say I had, I don't remember all their names, so I won't say any of their names. Maybe they don't want me to say any of their names anyway, but I had four people. They came to my show on Thursday in San Antonio. Very young people in their early 20s. And then they came back to the late show on Friday. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. We talked for a long time. They were so nice. And then they, I said to them, I said, hey, if you want to come back, I'll get you some free tickets. And they came back on the late show Saturday. And I enjoyed talking to them. Great people. And I just, I really appreciated the fact that they liked my comedy enough to want to come back several times. So I just shout out to them. Um... Actually, Noelle is the one that I do remember her name because that's who I put down uh, on the, um, uh, you know, at the um, box office so that they could uh, obtain their free tickets. And so thank you. Thank you, Noelle and crew. I appreciate you guys. Uh, here's a song by Chris Christofferson that I, I won't play as much of this one, but I don't know if you've heard this. It's called The Pilgrim. It's really great. Oh, this is a live version. I wish it wasn't. This song I started out writing about Dennis Hopper. Ended up writing about Johnny Cash. This is not the version I want. Chris Gantry. Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Bobby North. Freddie Neal. David Bloom. All right, here it is. This is when he, he sounds gritty. Started writing this song about Chris Gantry. Ended up writing about Dennis Hopper and Johnny Cash. And Norman Norbert, Funky Donnie Fred, Billy Swan, Bobby North, Jerry Jeff Walker, and Paul Siebel. And Ramblin' Jack Elliott had a lot to do with it. See him wasted on the sidewalk In his jacket and his jeans Wearing yesterday's misfortunes like a smile Once he had a future full of money, love and dreams Would you spend like they was going out of style And he keeps right on a change For the better or the worse Searching for a shrine he's never found Never knowing if believing is a blessing or a curse Or if the going up was worth the coming down He's a poet and he's a picker He's a prophet and he's a pusher He's a pilgrim and a preacher And the problem when he's stoned He's a walking contradiction Partly truth and partly fiction 
Taking every wrong direction on his lonely way back home. Oh, man. Chris Christopherson is so great. If you get a chance, just go listen. I want you to listen to the album The Silver Tongue Devil and I, and there's an album called Christopherson. Very good. Oh, so good. The stuff is so good. Um, and um, anyway, so back to where we've been, where we're going. Where am I going this weekend? I'm going to Chattanooga, Tennessee to the Comedy Catch. Oh, and I'm pumped. I love Chattanooga. I love the Comedy Catch. Um, I'm going to take um, right here from Nashville, very funny comedian uh, Chance Willie is going to go and feature for me. Very excited about it. Um, and uh, and it's going to be a great time. I mean, I just can't wait. I love it. It's a great club. I'm very pumped about it. I've been many times. And I will be back again. Um, so I just I feel fired up about where comedy's at. My wife's going to travel with me to Chattanooga. So we're going to hang out. We may go see some stuff. We may go to... You know, Fat Man Squeeze or Maggie Valley or uh, Ruby Falls. Who knows? Who knows what we'll get into? But we'll do something. And so um, I feel like I had some other stuff to talk about. Oh, that long rant that I wrote about mask. I don't feel like I'll be saying that to you. But um, <laughs> the uh, uh, I do feel like weirdly. The mask steals our identity. I just want to, I mean, I know I harp on mask a lot. And, and, and I want you to know that if you're a listener and you are scared and you, you know, wear the mask, you know what I mean? By all means, wear it. I'm not telling you not to do it. But for the people who are just doing it because they're like, oh, I don't really want to do it, but I want to go into Target without getting yelled at. Well, stop wearing it, I think. You know what I mean? I can't tell you what to do. But, I mean, I just... This is what I think. We have an identity. Our face is our identity. I mean, I worked with people this entire weekend at the club, and I have no idea what they look like. And hopefully it is just a thing that we, we, uh, uh, that we pass by, and then we're done with. And then we look back at 2020, and we go, man, that was a weird year. And I hope that is the case. But I often think, and I don't ask people this, but I often think, and this is a question that I'll ask people, you know, I, and you don't, I don't want you to answer. I just want you to think about it. And the question is, how long will you wear the mask? And I just want you to think about your answer because I think it's interesting, uh, that question, you know, because right now we're in a place where it's like, uh, do we really know if they're doing anything? And that's my feeling about it. I just, I don't think that anything is fake. I don't think that there is no fear, but my question, and I know, oh, it's the mask is not for you, it's to protect other people, but my question is, does it do anything to protect us? And I don't think that it does. I think we're in some kind of weird ritual out here, and uh, I'm just trying to live a free life, and that's all I'm talking about. We're having a good time out here, and I'm trying to keep that going, but... I was in the shower the other day, and I started thinking about some of my favorite 90s music. And I know I gave a long run of 90s music one time, and I forgot uh, all about some things. My friend Wendy, um, uh, from, from, she's from Auburn, but um, from Opelika. Uh, we didn't grow up together, but Wendy, 
Uh, I used to deliver pizza for Papa John's. And Wendy used to deliver pizza for Pizza Hut. And we would see each other out on the road. And uh, later we became friends. I had Later I got my driver's license uh, suspended for underage consumption of alcohol and possession of marijuana. And uh, I was around 18, 19 years old. I had already joined the Army. I was going to be shipped off to the Army. And then I got arrested, so I didn't go to the Army. And I was living in a trailer. I had bought the trailer for $1,000. And I fix it up. My brother-in-law sold cabinets, still does, but he sold cabinets for a different company at the time, and he put in some really nice cabinets. My cabinets, I probably had $2,000 worth of cabinets in a $1,000 trailer, and um, and I put in new carpet, used new carpet, and I got some furniture. from. I just picked up random things from people, and I really outfitted this trailer. Now I was living in there, working at Office Depot, um, and no driver's license, just hanging out at the trailer all day. And I had a bunch of friends coming over. And Wendy was one of those friends that would come over. And Wendy sent me a picture uh, of me in a cowboy hat the other day from that, from that time period. That was probably the early 2000s. Uh, I was a young, well, I don't know, I feel like I look the same age. But uh, I definitely look a bit younger. I just feel like I look dumber and not younger. Um, I think that goes hand in hand sometimes. But I um, was thinking about Wendy. We went to um, the beach one time, me and her. And um, we never were involved with each other in any kind of romantic way. We were friends. Um, uh, maybe we should have been. I don't know. Ha, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> we definitely weren't. And uh, But we did go to Panama City Beach one time. We just wanted a getaway. We went down there for one night, and we were singing this song. Still living with your ghost Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast I don't want to be your downtime I don't want to be your stupid game With my big black boots and an old suitcase I do believe I'll find myself a new place I don't That's it. We were singing this song by Everclear uh, going, I just want to see some palm trees. All right, I can't sing. But um, uh, so I was just thinking about that. And it really got me thinking about 90s music. Everclear, uh, such a great 90s band. But this, I was listening to this with Hannah this morning. This song is 90s right here. Nothing, nothing is more 90s than this song right here. I mean... I'll tell you about this song after. Not my kind, it's not my time 
Okay. Wow. Not only is this still an incredible song, this is the this is the problem for me though. I started off life, I think, so dumb, like uh, socially kind of dumb. Like I always was in, you know, I was always kind of in the advanced classes in school. I was always a pretty smart kid, but I would never really applied myself. But I, you know, I was, uh, I was one of those kids that would listen to lyrics of songs and think they meant something and thought the artist had had a reason why he wrote the things and that the lead singer from bush must have somehow been a very smart person and chances are they're not i mean i'm not saying they're stupid but chances are this guy was trying to get laid and he was probably a little over dramatic and he wrote this song he knew how to play guitar and it's like this sounds good and they were like yeah this sounds like millions of dollars and and it was and then I got to hand it to him, though, when the MTV uh, used to play music and they had that scene where, I mean, all the music channels went totally down the toilet. They're all garbage now. But back in the day when they used to play music, there was that scene where he was singing this song out on stage and then it started raining and he continued to play the song. It's as iconic as it gets in the music world. Now, this song, when I lived with my mom on Lake Condy Road growing up, I would come home, probably, I've probably been out to Auburn or some apartment complex, you know, doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing and I was probably had a little bit of a buzz going on. And I'd drive home and before I would pull into the driveway, I would go, I'm going to take one more lap around. There was a road that you could go around um, and it would, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you. It doesn't matter. Unless you're familiar with Opelika, you wouldn't get it anyway. But they destroyed all those roads by building industrial stuff. It's fine. But I would take this loop and I would go, I'm going to do this loop and I can listen to Glycerine twice and have a cigarette before I go home. And wow, what a great song. I mean, I loved to listen to music. I wish that cigarettes weren't the worst thing in the world for you because I love to smoke. I loved cruising around having a smoke. Okay. Another band from the 90s that's just unbelievable that no one talks about is this band. Now, I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to tell you what any of these are until you hear it. But dang. This song's so good. Oh, man. I don't even know. I mean, I do know what he's talking about, but. Her intentions fall to the floor. 
I used to think I was really good at singing this, and then I heard a recording. I wasn't. been years oh, feeling, back again, like rolling, the wind, from the of the oh man that's so good that's by a band called live now if you're listening to this song I mean, I was talking to my four friends that came to three shows in San Antonio, and they did not know who Pee Wee Herman was and had never seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure because I was talking to them about the Alamo, which I did see, and it is not the same as, as, as uh, Pee Wee Herman makes it out to be. In fact, it's nothing like that. Uh, there's a city all around the Alamo. It's right downtown San Antonio. It's not in the middle of the desert like Pee Wee Herman makes it seem, but they didn't know who Pee Wee Herman was. So I assume the majority of the listeners of my podcast probably know who Live is, but I bet they all don't, and it's incredible. Ninety Spotify says that 90 million people have listened to this song. Do you know how many people have listened to my album? Not 90 million, that's for sure. And, uh, all right, so, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go another one here. And, uh, I really enjoy, this is one of my favorite things is just playing music on here and talking to people because I love sharing this stuff. I mean, this one, uh, in, uh, now, now me and my friend, Chris Clearman used to listen to live all the time. I think Chris Clearman probably introduced me to the band live. I remember going down to Panama City. Me and Chris and a guy named TJ McCain went down to Panama City. We didn't have a hotel. We used to do that all the time. Just drive down to Panama City, get a hotel, get mad at each other for not getting laid. I think me and Chris got into a fight, maybe a physical fight. And then I owed him money for a long time, and I probably never paid him that money back. I was a bad kid. The problem, the well, not the problem. The great thing about my life is I do feel like I started off dumber. And so the older I get, the smarter I get. And so... The better my life gets all the time. I feel better. It's like, so I don't look back on times when I was younger and go, I miss those times. There's things I miss, but I feel good about where I'm at. So here's a song that me and my crew, uh, I used to have a 1984 Ford Bronco 2, and none of my other friends had cars. And Well, one of them had a car, but it was a two-seater. So, But the majority of them didn't, didn't have any cars, so... Um, we would be cruising around in my Ford Bronco, and we used to listen to this song. We even saw this band in concert in Auburn University. You're going to know it right away. DJ, hit it. Okay, Third Eye Blind, that's what that is. And then one more I'm going to play you. And um, that song right there, it's called Semi-Charm Kind of Life. 
And in that song, he talks about crystal meth. He says, crystal meth to lift you up. Then I bumped up. I took the hit that I was given. Then I bumped again. Then I bumped again and said, and that's why we were always do, all, probably all doing drugs back then. Here we go. This is a, by, this is, we saw this band open for Third Eye Blind in Auburn. I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rinds, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my doubt, turn it inside out, find nothing but faith in Wanna put my tender heart in a blender? Watch it spin around to a beautiful oblivion. Oh man, the 90s was the best. What was going on in the 90s? It was hot. It was a hot, hot decade of music. And, um, you know, what got me into this? I was total country my whole life. I was. Total country until about 15. And then a little song like this came along. And man, I was ready to be in a melodramatic state of being. I'm 15. I don't know if I've ever been good enough. I've ever been really loved By a hand that's touched me And I feel like something's gonna give And I'm a little bit angry Well, this ain't over This ain't over Not here Not Not while I still need you around Not while I still need you around You don't know me I don't know why I'm singing All right, I'm feeling fired up. Maybe the Indian food is really good for me. Maybe it's the spices, but I don't know what it is. But, um, and then I, uh, one time I, uh, when I started working at Papa John's, there was a girl that worked there. She was my manager. I think she wanted to hook up with me. I don't know. She told me she was allergic to latex. And I don't know if, I think she was saying that she'd like to make love to me without a condom. And uh, we didn't. And uh, I remember this song was popular at the time. You remember this? I think I've already lost you. This was been in the two thousands, though. I think you're already gone. I think I'm finally scared now. You think, think I'm, I'm weak. weak? I think you're wrong. All right, me and my sister went to see Matchbox 20 in concert, I think in Birmingham one time, and uh, she liked the second album, I liked the first album, so, but this guy behind us thought we were on a date, and he kept trying to get me to put my arm around her, I was like, this is my sister, dude, and, um, but this lady that I worked with at Papa John's, I remember she brought a, she brought Jay in to the, to the store one time, and she drove around, and she had half of it, and then she brought the other half to me, and then I drove around and had the other half. I don't know why I'm admitting all these things today. I'm feeling free. I'm feeling free. I'm letting it ride. I mean, I I feel good. I feel like I'm bulldog in the Mississippi, as Chris Ledoux says. And um, this has been a, this has really been a good episode, I think. I mean, what a, what a great episode. 
uh, I'm going to try to play a little more of the Chris Ledoux song just for you. But, you know, I'm going to be in Chattanooga this weekend. My calendar is up on Instagram. It is it is in there. It's a great post by a guy named McKinley Cox. Mickey Cox. Um, I don't know. There's McKinley and there's Mickey out there. And he makes great posters. Uh, look at that poster. It's the Cheech and Chong version. Instead of still smoking, it's still slaying. And I'm back. And I'm going to be all over the place. I want you to come see the shows. Don't let this be one of those things. People say, oh... You're coming to this part of my, you're coming close to me, but I can't make it this time around. Make it. Don't let that be, don't let that hold you. I mean, I'm on fire right now. I feel good. I feel like my comedy's popping off. Be at a show. I mean, this is the time. I mean, and then I'm I'm just going to play a little more of this Chris Ledoux. Boy, you'll take, take this cowboy's hat. Second verse is pretty badass. Said, partner, now this old hat, it's better left alone. Mm-hmm. You see, it used to be my daddy's, but last year he passed on. My nephew skinned the rattler that makes up this here old hat band. But in 69, he died in Vietnam. Now, the eagle feather was given to me by an Indian friend of mine. But somebody ran him down somewhere around that Arizona line. And a real special lady gave me this here hat pin. But I don't know if I'll ever see her again. You ride a black tornado across the western sky. You hope an old blue northern the way this guy feels about his hat is how I feel about my face. You know what I mean? My face hidden behind a mask. Long before you'll take this cowboy's face. You know what I mean? What leather jacket means to you, what this old hat means to me. And I guess we understand each other, and we'll just let it be. But if you still think it's funny, my back's against the wall. But you touch my hat, you gotta fight us all. Right then I caught a little sadness in that gang leader's eyes. And he turned back to the others, and they all just shuffled on outside. But when my friend turned back towards me, I noticed his old hat brim. Well, it looked like it was turned up in a big old Texas grin. You ride a black tornado. That's why I love Texas. You rope an old blue northern milk it till it's dry. Bulldog the Mississippi. And its ears down flat. Long before you take this cowboy's hat. Hell yeah, Chris Ledoux. You'll ride a black tornado across the western sky. You rope an old blue northern and milk it till it's dry. Bulldog the Mississippi and its ears down flat. Long before you take this cowboy's hat. 
Say it again, Chris. Real, you know who? Uh, I actually I have a friend in uh, uh, in Texas, and he has a song about um, roping an old blue northern. Let's see if I can find it. Jared Morris is his name. Jared Morris came to my show in Dallas, and he has a show called. He has a song called uh, uh, Stampede. This is a this is a good song too. And Jared's a real cowboy. Jared wears the hat. He wears the boots. He he puts shoes on horses. He's not playing around. His album's called uh, West of East. Jared Morris. When the sky fades to black, rain cloud thunder rolls and paints the night with lightning bolts. We rage against a wounded past. You yell Geronimo, and I pray our ladder goes home. That pounded in your feet You're gonna know Whoa. Stampede Every time you're with me I mean, this song's great. I'm gonna skip to the end, though. Try to find that. Here it is. Homage, Chris Ledoux. We set sail across that place Searching for higher ground Maybe longer days We know the night don't treat us well But we'll bulldog the Mississippi Like Chris Ledoux We'd give them hell Oh, we'd give them hell that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do in your life. No matter what it is, you got to bulldog the Mississippi. Whatever the Mississippi is, is in your life, you I don't know if you ever seen steer wrestling. A lot of people have a real problem with it, but what it used to be is a steer, which is a male calf. He's not not small but not fully grown, and they'll let this steer, a steer usually has horns uh, in this context, and they'll let it run and then the cowboy will ride beside it in a horse and he'll jump off the horse and he'll grab it by the head and wrestle the steer to the ground and a lot of people hate this right it's fine if you do i don't care uh i'm not i'm not for it or against it but they jump off and they wrestle the steer to the ground and that's i think that's the extent of bulldogging right so whatever whatever the thing is in your life you know whether it be addiction whether it be anything you got to bulldog that thing and you got to wrestle it to the ground you got to bulldog the mississippi i mean that's what you got to do we got to take it back you got to take it back. Take back whatever is bothering you, whatever is holding you down. Take it back. Bulldog that thing, you know? Rope the old blue northern and milk it till it's dry. Whatever that means to you, do it. Listen to Chris Ledoux, this cowboy's hat. In the 90s, they had a version of it out. It was a live version. I, that's not the one I played. It's really good. It's really fired up. And I recommend listening to that. Cowboy music is for us all, whether you like... Uh, Cowboy stuff or not. It's for us all. Jared Morris, it's J-A-R-R-O-D, Jarrod Morris. 
uh, west of east. Uh, very good. And Jared is a great guy. He came to my show in Dallas in May uh, and um, really enjoyed seeing him. Him and his wife came, a couple of their friends. He's got some good stuff. That whole album's really great. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I feel great. What a great day. It seems like he has two albums called West of East, but uh, he has an album called West of East and then a single called West of East, and that single is not on the album. I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know his creative process, but uh, it's good music nonetheless. And I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope that people enjoy this thing. I mean, this thing that I'm doing, I don't even understand exactly what it is. I don't I don't sit around and go, ooh, what am I going to talk about? And I don't, I'm not trying to touch on hot topics. What I'm trying to do is just try to provide an hour's worth of entertainment for you throughout your week, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether you're, you know, cutting the grass. My friend Matt Price says he likes to listen to the podcast while he cuts the grass. Um, no matter what you're doing, I'm just trying to hit you with something, you know, some old school kind of radio where I jammer on and tell you things I know about things and things I figure about things. And, um, you know, and, um, and I was reading my Bible a little bit this week and, you know, uh, there was a nice verse that I saw. I won't even read the whole verse. And I, and I, and I don't believe in pulling verses out of the Bible to just apply to our life wherever we think it's necessary. Like, I don't believe that you go, oh, I read a verse there. I want this to apply to my life, and I'm going to let it apply to it. But it says, um, uh, it says, um, it says, uh, this is Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12. This is just the last part. And it says, neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And I know a lot of people don't, don't like that, but it's like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of fear out here these days. I remember great quotes growing up. You would hear, there is nothing to fear but fear itself, and now we're all afraid. There used to be great quotes like, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And now you're all, we're all like, what can you do for me, country? And I'm just saying, I'm just saying, neither fear their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify, sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and him be your dread. A fear of the Lord is happiness. And I appreciate you listening to me. Uh, we're going to have a great time. We're going to have a good time with these shows. Come out to a show. I'll be back next week. I'm enjoying doing this. Send me things, DustySlayComedy uh, at gmail.com. Let me know what you want to talk about. What do you want to hear about? Life's good out here. Bulldog the Mississippi. Peace.